We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this the black sheep sticking it to him. I need a crib like I'm Gatsby. I need it in hand. Just understand my pockets that deep. With nothing to prove, I ain't got nothing to do. And it can't compete, and I got nothing to lose. Ah, uh, yes, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayas. At Nick Dayas 10, as you can find me, all things Veterans Minimum is at Veterans Minimum. Solo show today. As you can see, there's no one in here with me because there's a lot going on. There's a lot that we've recorded and a lot coming up on the horizon with the NFL season kicking off. But I do want to plug away and mention some of the episodes that we've done over the last couple of weeks. Got some amazing feedback on all of these episodes. We did one on fantasy booking UFC champions in 2025. I had Kel and Andreas from the corner on the show. And on that episode, all we did was we ran through every division in the UFC, both the women's and the men's divisions. And we said, who's going to be the champion 18 months from now? One of them came true over the weekend. I think it was Kel that had Sean O'Malley winning by knockout over Aljamain Sterling. So we talk about all that on that episode. Then we had former NFL player Brandon Marshall on the show. Got some amazing feedback on that one. It was one of my favorite projects that I've done since I moved out here to Vegas. It was great, especially during that episode where he had told me before we were going to record that he was going to give me about 15, 20 minutes of his time. And then we ended up going for 40. And uh, that meant a lot to me. And it was a great episode. So go and check that one out too. Proper gym etiquette, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the fitness world with Christina Lauren, who's also a podcaster out here in Las Vegas. I've been on her show in the past. That was really fun. And then I did the NFL Futures episode with Jeff Parles from VEASAN, where we talk about who's going to win MVP, who's going to win Offensive Player of the Year, all the awards in the NFL. We give out our picks and our plays. With that being said, on Friday, I'll be releasing all of my futures for the NFL season on Patreon. You'll be able to see it like I did last year. A ton of props. And these are all bets that I've made for the football season or I'm going to make. And as well as the season, as well as going into the season, I should say, with us doing the five picks against the spread, we're going to be in a couple of contests out here too. So you guys will be able to track how well we're doing like we did last year. And last year, as I pull up some of the numbers, uh, an all-time run 
We went 57, 31, and 4 against the spread. Our favorite bet of the week went 30 and 11. And we even gave out anytime touchdown plays each and every week. We went 26 and 34. So 26 times the guy that we said was going to score a touchdown scored a touchdown. And then 34 times that guy didn't score a touchdown. But if you were to straight bet all of these, which is going to be a common theme for this episode, if you were to straight bet all of these anytime touchdown scores, a $100 bet on each and every one of them would have won you close to $2,000 on the season. So we had an amazing, an amazing season last year. And hopefully we replicate that once again. So what this episode is going to be, and we're coming up on eight years of doing Veterans Minimum. So shout out to all of you for listening all this time and to the new people that I've jumped on board. And I've just helped support the content, whether it's listening to the pod or sharing stuff on social media, commenting, whatever it might be, it goes a long way, believe it or not. Thank you all for listening and for the support. And one thing that I always get is, yo, Nick, give us some like betting advice, betting tips. What should I bet on is like the thing I get the most. And it's like, dude, just listen to the show, number one, or subscribe to the Patreon, like I've said before. It's $5 a month. You get access to all the betting plays. It's the best deal in the sports betting space right now. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. As you can see here, shout out to Nestor in the booth. You can see all the tiers here. We have a $1 tier if you want to just support the show for $1. The rookie contract is the $5 tier, which is the most popular. And it's the one that will get you all the betting access, all the betting plays, access to the Discord to communicate with other members of Veterans Minimum. The $10 tier is for giveaways each and every month, shout outs, contests as well. The $20 tier, you get a merch discount each and every month. You get shout outs on the show. You're also going to be eligible for the NFL contest, which is going up now. We actually just put up on the Patreon the link to get into our Eliminator Challenge. Whether you're in the $20 or the $40 tier for the month of August up until September 6th, we want to make sure that we get you into the contest. So the deadline is going to be September 6th for this Eliminator Contest. Just put it out now. We'll have at least 25 people in it based on what the numbers are and the people that have hit us up and have donated money to the show in order to be in this contest. It's going to be cool. I'm going to be in this contest as well. And the Eliminator Pool. Eliminator Pool, Suicide Pick Pool, Suicide Contest. It's all common terminology this time of year with the NFL. And basically what it is, you pick one team to win the game. And then you can't pick them again the rest of the year. So there's a lot of strategy to it. We put out an episode earlier in the summer where we talk a little bit about the strategies of eliminator contests and what's the, what's the proper approach. I'm someone that likes to live on the edge, especially early on. I'll take a, I'll take a, let's see, let's see, think of a game this year. Week one, right? Washington is playing the Arizona Cardinals. They're a six and a half point favorite in Washington. Maybe I'll take Washington in week one where I don't think I'll take Washington the rest of the year. A lot of people I think are going to take Baltimore. Baltimore's playing the Houston Texans. They're close to a 10 point favorite in week one. All you need the team to do is to win. Could be by one point or a hundred points. Doesn't matter. However, when you use them, you can't use them later on in the year. So there is some method to the madness. Do you take a team 
and advance? Or are you being calculated and saying, you know what? I'm going to save Baltimore. I'm going to save the Chiefs. I'm going to save the, I'm going to save the Buffalo Bills for later on in the year. It's something that I break down on a prior episode earlier this summer. So with all that being said, before we get into the top 10 strategies and betting advice that I have for the NFL season, big ups to the members of the Patreon. We got Tristan, Ratslav, Abel, Ben, Jerry, Christopher, Derek, Jordan, Mike, Nick, and Thomas. And also, we've gotten six new members of the Patreon. Thank you all for your contributions. We got Kevin. We got Sean. Corey pledged for an entire year. Dylan Chadwick pledged for the entire year. You crazy son of a bitch. Over $200 pledged to the Patreon. Thank you so much for that for the entire year. We got Omar, Jerry Hernandez, and my guy, J-Dub, up in the 716. Shout out to Buffalo, as always. Even though we're not going to be too kind to Buffalo this year. So, with all that being said, I want to give a shout out to Jared Smith. He's been on the pod before. He'll be on the pod again. He put out a video that kind of inspired this segment for the betting strategy, betting advice that I have for NFL betting. Um, and it's important that you catch that I keep saying betting and not gambling because I think there's a difference between the two. What we do, it's betting. It's calculated. There's a lot of research that goes into it. And we're not just going to bet on Sunday night football because it's the only game going on. If we don't like something in Sunday night football, we're not going to bet it. If we do, that means that we're gambling because it's the game that's on TV. That's the game that we want to, oh, there's a Sunday night game. We got to have some money on it. That's when you enter the realm of gambling, which is a two different things in my opinion. I also feel better saying that I like to bet and not gamble. So shout out to Jared. He inspired this video with a, he inspired this episode with a video that he put out. And I'm going to start with that. Number one, parlays. People love parlays. We talk about that all the time. I'm a parlay guy too. I like to parlay. I think it's fun. You guys know about the subathon that I do every week in the UFC. It's hit four times this year. They didn't hit last week. Not even close to getting any submissions. It happens. Parlays are fun. Parlays clean up a lot. All these lights and new buildings that are being put up in Las Vegas, a lot of them have to do with parlays. Parlays account for close to 30% of the betting handle that the sports books make. So it's low risk, high reward, but oftentimes you're punting your money. When it comes to parlays, and I love what Jared said, and it's so true because I preface this every single time. When you guys see me put up a parlay, I'm straight betting those plays also, especially when you're looking at UFC props. You're looking at three to one, four to one, plus 500 on a submission. If you go one and four, but that plus 500 hits, you're up on those bets. That's why it's important to straight bet. That's why when you do parlay, like what Jared said in that video, which I'm going to repost also because I loved it so much. If you're not going to straight bet those individual plays, don't put them in a parlay. Because that means that you don't like them enough if you're not going to straight bet them. That's why every time I straight bet, I'm parlaying those plays also. I do it in the NFL too. Last year, there was two of the 18 weeks I went 5-0. and I parlayed those and I also straight bet them. There's other weeks where I go 3-2, and 3-1-1. 
when you straight bet them, you're also turning a profit. That's why my favorite, my favorite interaction that happens throughout an entire football season, and it happens often, someone will see me go 5-0. and The next week, they'll hit me up like, yo, well, what are your plays? What are your plays? And I'll give them my plays, especially if they're a friend of mine. Mostly if they're a friend of mine. But yo, what are the plays? So I'll tell them. I'll give them my five plays that I enter in the contest every week anyway. So I definitely have skin in the game on this. And I'm putting my money behind it financially also. So I'll go five and oh, and then the next week they'll come and they'll be like, yo, what are your plays? I'll give them my, my, my plays and I'll go four and one and they'll curse me out or I'll go thir- three and two. Be like, oh, dude, you don't know shit. I can't believe you have a show. It's like, well, this is why I tell you to straight bet. If you parlay it, yeah, I could go four and one every single week, every single week for the entire NFL season. That'd be amazing, by the way. But I go four and one every single week. If you're parlaying them, you're going to be down hundreds of dollars if you're tailing those. That's why it's important to straight bet. And that's why for you parlay betters, if you're putting together parlays, you need to look at the three, four, five, six plays that you're putting into your parlay and say to yourself, are you going to bet these individually? And if the answer is yes, that's a good, that's a good parlay. It's like with the, with the UFC subathon. These are all submission props that I'm betting anyway. Why not throw them in a parlay? Why not if everything goes great, shit is rocking and rolling, we go four for four, we're diving into our friend's pool for a video because we hit the parlay. So that's why. If you're going to parlay, make sure you're straight betting those plays. It goes a long way. You could turn a profit. Number two, and this one, when I'm asked what's the number one bit of advice I could give people for NFL betting, it's this. Bet numbers, not teams. Bet numbers, not teams. Time and time again in the NFL, it's going to be an ugly game. It's going to be an ugly matchup. But we're not looking at Jaguars, Texans. We're looking at Jaguars as a 12 and a half point favorite against the Texans. And we're saying to ourselves, oh, kind of like Houston. Well, Houston hasn't won all year. Kind of like Houston even more. Why do you like Houston? Because we're, we like the number. It's in division. Division rivals. 70%. If you blindly took, and this is something that I say throughout the NFL season where it's, it's rule number three, but we'll kind of combine the two of them. I love betting spots. I call it situational betting, where no matter what the matchup is, no matter what time of the year it is, I'm going to bet this scenario by default. I'm just going to do it. One being double-digit underdogs in division. In the last 10 years, 68% cover rate. Houston hasn't won all year. They suck. They're 0-9. Yeah, but they're getting 13 points against the Jaguars. We're going to take the Texans plus 13. We're betting numbers, not teams. It happens all the time. You'll see a prime example one of my favorite bets of the year, not year, well, it is going to be week one. So yeah, one of my favorite bets in week one, and I took it early. I made this bet back in July, early July. Steelers plus three at home 
against San Francisco. We don't know who's going to play quarterback for San Francisco. Pittsburgh is going to be at home. Pittsburgh's looked really good in the preseason. I know I don't want to get too excited about the preseason, but you're seeing a lot of growth in Kenny Pickett. Pickens is balling out. The offense looks great. The defense we know is going to be nice because they just always are good. And then they're at home as an underdog against a team which is loaded. The Niners are clearly better than the Pittsburgh Steelers, but we don't know who the quarterback is going to be at the time that we're recording it throughout this whole summer. Purdy's back in camp, but he's throwing a lot of interceptions in practice. We don't know. So that's a spot that we're going to bet. And those are numbers that we're betting, not teams. So that's probably my number one rule when it comes to sports betting for the NFL. It's bet numbers, not teams. And then, like I mentioned also, rule number three or bit of advice number three, it's betting spots, right? There's certain players where Justin Herbert, you guys know I'm a Justin Herbert stan. You guys know I love Justin Herbert. We're once again going to bet him to win MVP. That's going to be three years in a row. Third time is a charm, Antoine. As my guy Antoine in there is part of Raider Nation. I know he's not too happy with me praising the Chargers, but Justin Herbert, anytime he's catching more than seven points, don't care where it is, I'm going to take him. Phillip Rivers was the same way. Phillip Rivers was the same way. Deshaun Watson, when he was with the Texans, if you gave me plus seven and a half, on Watson, didn't matter where it was. There are certain guys, again, spots that you're going to bet. I love taking the New York Giants when they're an underdog at home. I'll take them against the Chiefs as an underdog at home. If the Giants are an eight-point favorite against the Houston Texans at home, I'm not taking them. Again, it's situational spots that we like to bet on here on this show and that I try to drive home every time that it's presented. One of my favorite bets last year, and it was the absolute spot of all spots, was when Dak Prescott got hurt Sunday night football against Tampa Bay. And then week two, they, they rule him out. And the line goes from Dallas minus three to Dallas plus seven at home against the Bengals. And again, that's a spot where we're betting the number, not the team. Because also, they're telling us that it's a 10-point swing between Dak and Cooper Rush. We had seen Cooper Rush play the year before. And there was an argument to be made. I mean, not really, but people were making an argument that he should be the starter over Dak. So we had seen. So the drop-off was a huge mistake. Huge mistake. That was a massive overcorrection. And then what ended up happening? The Bengals end up losing as a seven-point favorite on the road to Dallas. Again, we're betting the spot, not the teams. And that's why those things are so, so important. Now, the next one, the next one is uh, overreactions to primetime. I tracked this. I went back and I tracked this. What I mean is it's the standalone game. It's the primetime game. It's the island game. It's the only game going on TV. So by default, a lot more eyes are on that. That's why it's such a big deal when teams are on primetime. And that's why sometimes when you get shitty teams on primetime, you're like, damn, how come the Houston Texans are playing a primetime game? Well, with all that being said, there's a massive overreaction when a good team, a Super Bowl contender, a playoff contender, a division contender loses and loses badly. The next week, I almost always take them. Again, a spot that I bet by default last year. And again, these are subjective because 
what I perceive to be a good team and what you might perceive to be a good team could be two different things. Well, for example, we're coming into this year and we, we are high on the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're the fourth favorite to win the Super Bowl in the AFC. They're a team that we're expecting to be good. Say they play a primetime game and they get their shit punched in. Something wacky happens. It's one of those games where Trevor Lawrence can't seem to find anyone. Maybe the weather is spiraling winds and it's a monsoon out there. And he has three turnovers in the first half. And before you know it, the Jaguars lose 38 to 10. And it's Monday Night Football. Guarantee you the next week, the Jaguars are going to be an autoplay. Because what happens is we've seen the Jaguars lose on primetime and they've lost in such a devastating manner where they get blown out that the next week they're undervalued. That is a spot that we did last year. I went back and I tracked this. When we took the team that lost the week before that we perceived was a good team, 16-5-1 against the spread. 16-5-1. It's one of my favorite spots in the NFL to bet on. When a team that is good, loses on primetime and the whole world sees it, the next week I almost always take them. So that's another one that I talk about that I really like and I really enjoy because it's a situation where you have to jump on that and you have to capitalize on that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With that, with that same mindset, the same thought process, overreacting to winning streaks, losing streaks, trends. Um, trends are very popular in the NFL betting space. And I think there's only a handful that really matter. In-division trends, I think, mean a lot because <clears throat> you're playing them so often. However, they could be very misleading. Also. If, you know, Bills and Jets trends, you kind of could throw them out the window now that you have Aaron Rodgers there. Uh, Patriot trends, if you were to look at, oh, the last 10 years, the Patriots have been dominant against, you know, the AFC East. It's like, well, yeah, but the last three years, they haven't been because, you know, the seven years prior, they had the greatest quarterback of all time. So, in-division trends, reacting to trends, um, the, the, my favorite thing that I see in here sometimes is, oh, they're due. This team's on a four-game losing streak. They're due. They're going to win. There's no way that they're going to lose again. There's no way they're going to lose three in a row. Well, there is a way. 
the matchup is not good, if there's injuries, like that stuff doesn't matter. So don't fall for those traps of the recent trends or the, the, I think it's called the gambler's fallacy where, ah, this team is due, you know, this team is due. No, it's not. It might not be due. It might not be due, but staying with the, with the NFL trends. And I like reading some of the trends too. I think they're very, they're very helpful, but they're only helpful if the matchup is reoccurring. If the matchup is more than once a year, if you're going to look at trends between the Jets and the Giants, it's like, dude, the last time they played, they're playing each other this year. But the last time they played prior to that was four years ago. The last three meetings between the Jets and the Giants is, is a 12-year gap. Like it, it's a 12-year sample size where they play each other three times. So, yeah, maybe the Giants are 2-1 and one against the Jets in their last three games. But it's, it's not as significant as, oh, the Ravens and the Bengals. You know, the, in their last six meetings... With Burrow and Lamar Jackson, this is how these teams fare versus one another. That's a dope trend to use in the NFL. That one makes sense. But when you're looking at it like, oh, what is the Browns and Steelers trends? Well, those could be misleading because now the Browns have a new quarterback. The Steelers have a new quarterback. Big Ben isn't over there anymore. That's why these trends don't fall for the trap with the trends. It, it can be misleading, though they are important depending on how you are breaking them down. Another rule that I have, don't make too many bets. And it's something that I talk about all the time too. Um, if you're betting 9, 10, 12, 15 different things a night, you're never going to win. You're never going to be good. You're never going to be able to see a profit. It's just too many things that you're betting on and hoping to be right on everything. It's just not possible. It's too many things. That's why over the last two years in the NFL, I've done the best that I've done because I stick to the five games a week that I put in the contest and then I individually bet. And then from there, I'll sprinkle a little bit more on my favorite bet of the week, right? I'll raise the units on that one. I'll put more on my favorite bet of the week than I will on one of the five plays. So that's why... People love their against the spread record and it's important, right? You don't want to be 30 and 90. But if you could float around 500, there's a way that you can have a massive profit margin if, you know, just look at us, for example, last year, right? 57, 31, and four against the spread on the season. 30 and 11 ATS, our favorite bet of the week. So we're 19 games above 500 on our favorite plays of the week. And to pull the curtain back a little bit, those were two unit plays, sometimes three unit plays. So that's why it's very important to not bet that much. Like if I was betting every single NFL game, I don't know how well I would do. Not as well as this because it's just too much. No matter how good of a better you are, then you get forced into making bets that you don't like. That's when you're gambling. And I tell this story all the time where uh, I called I called Kenny one day. It was a Monday night football game. I was like, yo, what do you like tonight? He's like, nah, I don't like anything. I was like, what do you mean you don't like anything? He's like, no, nah, there's nothing I like. I'm not going to bet on it. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because that's what I would tell my friends when they would hit me up. Yo, Thursday night, what do we got? We don't have anything. What do you mean you don't have anything? You don't need to. Don't force it if you don't like it. That's why I stick to three, four, 
maybe five games. And the reason why I say five is because every NFL contest out there, you pick five games against the spread. So those are super valuable games that I have to pinpoint out of a 12-game sample size on the weekend, sometimes 13, 14, depending if there's no bye weeks. I have to narrow that down to five. So that's why if you if I had to make a bet on every single game, dude, there's no way you could be that profitable and that productive. At least I don't think. I I, I know I wouldn't be able to. It's just too much. So don't don't bet that much. Don't make too many bets. Be disciplined. Know how many games you want to bet every week. Um, be self aware that these 195 to one parlays are probably not going to hit. If you want to do it and have fun and goof around with your boys when you're at the sports book or you're at a friend's house, yeah, by all means, go. But also, you should have bankroll management. You should try to be disciplined. And look, I'm not going to come off as someone that's been perfect throughout all this, especially early on. I didn't know how to be disciplined. Always chasing, always chasing. Like, yo, I need that Monday night game. I need that Sunday night, the four o'clock games. Like, dude, there'd be times early on when I first started doing this shit that I would bet all my, like the five games I would parlay all have to be one o'clock. And then maybe I'll throw the Sunday night football game and I can hedge out of it if I wanted to. But now it's like, why am I going to force myself to pick those five games in that one o'clock window? I don't like those games. I only like one of them. So let me pick the one of them. Let me pick two. There's been, I think there was one week last year where I didn't have a game until 425 Eastern time. Not Thursday night football, not the early window. You don't need to force yourself to bet on every single game. And that's where the discipline comes in. And that's the way that you'll be able to have more confidence in your plays too when you become more selective and you narrow down. You know, if you're making my friend Boss, who used to be on the show with us in the UFC, he makes two bets a weekend. That's it. I'm like, really? And doesn't parlay. He only parlays when he comes to Vegas to visit me. That's the only time I get the D-Gen juices flowing with him. But besides that, he doesn't do it. But he bets his favorite two fights, sometimes three fights, doesn't do props, just money line. Holy juice. And that goes a long way. You know what you're good at. You know what you want to bet on. And you're not taking the big risk of having to be correct on 12 games. Narrow it down. It goes a long way. Choosing your heart over your head. Uh, This got inspired by a friend of mine because I always get asked this question about, yo, do you bet against your team? All the time. All the time. I feel like I'm a pretty rational fan when it comes to my sports teams, especially the New York Giants. I think if you can be honest with yourself and how good your team is, I think you can make a lot of money because you know your team well. If you know your team well, like I said before, the Giants at home as a eight-point favorite against the Houston Texans is not a spot I'm taking. The Giants at home as an eight-point underdog to the Chiefs, I'm taking that. Again, we're betting numbers, not teams. But knowing the New York Giants and knowing how they play, they're a team that can't be trusted as a favorite. They're a team that plays better as an underdog. 
There are certain teams, like we said before, scenarios, spots, betting them by default. That's what I mean by that. And to circle back on choosing your heart over your head, I think that is a mistake. Last year, I laid some big money on the Eagles minus seven in the playoffs against the New York Giants. But I also bet the Giants to win on the money line. Two different bets. If the Eagles would have won by a field goal, I was going to lose everything. But I knew knowing the Giants, knowing them going into Philly, knowing how good Philly is and how bad the matchup was, the Giants either were going to win that game outright or lose by 30. I think they lost by 28. So I wasn't too far off. It was definitely a four-score game. So again, that is not picking with your heart. That's picking with your mind, picking with your brain, picking with the knowledge of your team. I got friends that will not bet against their teams. Never. And then it's double the pain, right? You're upset that your team lost and you lost money. Where for me, it's like, I'm going to be happy if they win, even if I lose a couple of dollars. But if they do lose, eh, at least I made some money off it, especially when I know how the team plays. I love them against Minnesota in the wild card round, but in the divisional round, I knew they were going to get spanked. So bet with your mind, not with your heart. It goes a long, long way. You need to shop for lines. God, I can't explain how important this is. I get asked all the time, yo, what, where do you bet? Like, what do you bet on? Like, what app? What, what sports book? I go, dude, I have like every single possible sports book out there. It's on my phone. I have access to it. They're like, why? Yo, that's crazy. It's like, no, that's not crazy. I, I'm not betting the same game on 12 different places, but I am shopping the line. So I'll give you an example. Say the NFL. Say, say I'm looking at an underdog and I'm looking at I'm looking at the Kansas City Chiefs. Say they're a three-point underdog. I open up one sports book, they're plus 110 on the money line. I open up another sports book, they're plus 150. I open up another one, they're plus 155. I open up another one, they're plus 125. Where am I gonna make my bet? I'm gonna make my bet the sports book that's plus 155. They're giving me the best odds. I'm shopping the line. I'm looking at various locations. Who's giving me the best number? UFC is an even better example. There are some places where they'll have someone as a plus 300 to win by submission. And then another place will have them plus 900. You're talking about $6. That's a massive, massive swing. Where before I was talking about, you know, five cents either way. We're talking about a $6 swing. That's why it's important to shop the lines. When you're looking at point spreads, some places might give you minus two and a half. The other place might give you minus three. Where are you going to bet it? If you're on the favorite. You're going to bet the minus two and a half. So shopping the lines, especially if you live in a state where you don't need to physically go to a sports book to register and sign up, those states are also going to offer you a lot of bonuses and a lot of advantages that you should be taking advantage of. You should be. We talked about how when sports betting went live in New York State, my friends and I were calling it the sports betting stimulus checks because they were just giving you money left and right to bet for free. Like they were giving you bonuses just for making accounts. So you need to take advantage of that. And going back to this shopping the lines, it's the same. The analogy is the same as when you go to buy sneakers, right? Like I'm a sneakerhead. You guys all know this. If I'm going to go and buy a new pair of Jordans, I'm going to look at several different websites to see where's the best value. Where's the, where am I getting it the cheapest? In sports betting, I'm looking at where can I get the best number? 
And it's the same thing. It's very important. Have access to as many books as possible. Don't, I'm not making the same bet at nine different places. I'm just taking that one number that I like the most. And that's where I'm making my bet. And it goes a long way. And over a long period of time, I know, you know, minus 105 and minus 110 might not seem like a big deal, but it does. Over a long period of time, those extra couple cents in either direction, it goes a long way. It goes an absolute long way. When you're talking about a favorite, when you're talking about underdogs, it goes a long way because that one's more noticeable, you know, plus 200, plus 400. Oh shit, that's a $200 difference if I'm a $100 better. So it goes, it goes without saying, it's very important to shop the lines. I hope you guys took a lot out of this. I hope you guys listen to this throughout the season too. We'll be mentioning these, you know, this like a uh, gambling Bible or uh, this gambling manifesto as we're going on throughout the season. Because I think it's very important for it to be reiterated and for you guys to understand how important these things are. And you'll see there's going to be games coming up throughout the year that we're just going to be saying like, yo, it's the spot. It's the spot. Remember the sandwich spot that we talked about a couple of years ago where anytime you have a team playing a division game, a non-division game, and then a division game, that game in the middle, especially towards the end of the year, that's a sandwich spot. That's a, that's a look ahead spot. That's a trap game. You know, the, the best example was when the Bengals played the Browns, Jets with Mike White, and then they played the Ravens the year that they went to the Super Bowl. Dude, the Bengals were a 10 point favorite in MetLife against Mike White. And I said that the Jets are going to beat them. They were like plus 380. And they ended up beating them because it was just that wacky spot where the Jets had won two, three games all year. Bengals are going for the division. Bengals are going for the top seed. Bengals got division game, trap game, meaningless game, and then division game. That's what happens. Talk to Will Blackman when I had him on the show. That's a real thing. Like, ah, man, we're playing, you know, we're, we're playing the Jaguars, the then, you know, early 2010s. Like, oh, we're playing the Jaguars. We're, we're playing the Raiders. Like, it ain't, we don't need to worry about that. We got Kansas City on deck. We got the... We got the Dallas Cowboys on deck. And then there's a look at it. And then before you know it, it's 17-17 in, in the fourth quarter. You're like, holy shit, what happened? Well, you're looking ahead. So I hope you guys took a lot out of this. Like I mentioned, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Rate, comment, review, share on social media. Um, the next time you guys are going to hear us is going to be the NFL preview show, which marks the birthday for Veterans Minimum. As I said earlier in the show, we're coming up on the eight-year anniversary and uh, yeah, I can't thank you guys enough for listening. Subscribe wherever you're listening to. Follow us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Veterans Minimum. And remember, this year we're going to be going live on the YouTube channel while we're recording the show. So you'll be able to listen to the show even earlier than usual. With all that being said, at Nick Day is tenders. You can find me, veteransminimum.com for all things VM. And we'll catch you guys next time. I'm a gold medalist. Bronze like your medalist. So many deer in headlights, but it's bedtime. Hear that supper bell, main course, beat a venison. Zab. Most dangerous game. Either kill or be killed.